Hey guys, this is Robert from Limitless Broadcasting. And Sammy. I was getting to you. (laughs) But we wanted to tell you some exciting news. We are going to be at the Indiana Comic Con, March 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be at the Indianapolis or... Indiana Convention Center. In Indianapolis, let's say that. (laughs) So if you were going to the convention, please come over to the Limitless Broadcasting booth Mm -hmm. and say hello. Yeah, I believe it was booth 1710. 1710. Yes, so it's a huge convention. Yeah. Probably the biggest one I think we've been to. Yeah, this is going to be like Megacon. Yeah, unfortunately I will not be there in person. Robbie will be there but he's going to have some uh, fun friends with him. Yes. Including, I believe, from Pixie Dust Twins, Ashley. First con for her. And so if you're there, ask us about Rant Radio because you can win $1,000 from Limitless Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited about that. And who doesn't love a good rant? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will, or I guess I should say Robbie, will see you soon at the Indiana Comic Convention. And what days... Are you going to be there one more time? Uh, we're going to be there the 22nd through the 24th of March. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you guys there soon. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Showtime. Hi guys and welcome to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And today we are talking about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. So. Very you... interesting. Yes. Halloween movie. <laughs> this definitely, people are, some people like it, some mm-hmm. people hate it, uh-huh. some people are like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter dropped the ball on it. What? Yeah. Are, what are your thoughts? It. Knowing what I know now, when I was reading about the movie and researching it for this, I have a more of appreciation for what it is. Okay. I will say that as a standalone movie, I think it's pretty good. Okay. But it's confusing. Yes. When you look at the title. Halloween three season of the witch yes. really should just knock off the whole front part Halloween three and just go with season of the witch or a totally different title you're right I think I agree with that mm-hmm, for sure I would have just called it season of the witch mm-hmm. I think that would have made it a little bit more clear they got the big bang for their buck because they called it Halloween well there's a reason I'm sure I there promise. is. I will explain this it This is where commerce and studios come in. I, I, will, I will explain the reasoning behind it. One more day to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. One more day to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. One more day to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. One more day to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. So, is there any killer chat you have for today before we get started? No, I'm I'm no? all okay. ears. I'm trying to figure out what, what happened with this movie. All right, so we're going to dive into the summary. Okay. Hospital emergency room doctor, Dr. Daniel Dan Chalice, and Ellie Grimbage, the daughter of a murder victim, uncover a terrible plot by small-town mask maker, uh, Colin, or no, Connell Cochran. 
Connell Cochran. Yeah, yes. Connell Cochran, a madman who's planning a Halloween mass murder utilizing an ancient Celtic ritual. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The ritual involves a boulder stolen from Stonehenge, the use of silver shamrock masks, and a triggering device contained in a television commercial, all designed to kill millions of children. Dun, dun, dun. That's pretty threatening. Yeah, it is. That's it really, really is. creepy. When you if think you about think the about plot, it, yeah, it's pretty sketch what they're doing in this movie. Yeah, it is. So this one, rated R, of course. Again, genre, holiday, horror, mystery, and thriller because it is a Halloween movie. So. Yes, it is. Director, Tommy Lee Wallace. Producer, Deborah Hill, John Carpenter. Writer, Tommy Lee Wallace. And it was released October 22nd. 1982. Okay. Yeah. So again, pretty close to Halloween. Pretty close. Mm -hmm. This one has a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes. It was distributed by Universal Pictures. As we said in the last episode, yeah, this will be the last one for a while from Universal Pictures. Because they're like, oh no, we're gonna we're done with them. We're gonna okie dokie them. Now, surprisingly, we said Halloween Two had a thirty percent, I believe, rating from the critics. Right. This one, according to Rotten Tomatoes, has a forty-seven percent rating from the critics. Yes. Okay. However, audiences give it a twenty-eight percent. I don't think John Carpenter really cares. Well, probably not. And IMDb, it's sitting at a 5.1 out of 10. So it doesn't have the best ratings. It does not. From audiences. Mostly, I think, because of the confusion. But again, we will get into that. This movie was filmed in Loleta, California. Okay. Filmed at a, they had a familiar foods there that they used as the Silver Shamrock Factory. And there was the Humboldt Creamery, which was also used as the Silver Shamrock Novelties Factory. Okay. Domino's Pizza served as a TV shop. Really? It was pretty freaking funny. I'm like, Domino's? Yeah, sure. All right. Bank of Loetta was used as Shamrock Savings. And then there is the Buccaneer Bar, which is the bar where Dr. Chalice and Ellie talk. So it was a real bar. Okay. Okay. That one's going off the rails with like this domino pizza thing and the gas station where dr chalice runs to was on sierra highway the rafferty's gas station and rose of shannon motel was located on eel river drive there okay. you go i think it's not there this is coming in my head while I was reading, and I don't know if I have this in the notes, but I think I read somewhere there was a fire or something. Oh, wow. Something happened to it, and it's not there anymore, so you can't actually go see the motel. Oh, that sucks. That is yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. And then Kirsten Court at Sierra Madre Boulevard in Sierra Madre, California, is where Dr. Chalice makes his phone call to his wife before he leaves town with Ellie. Well, there you go. Some fun filming locations. Cast, a little bit smaller than our last movie. Lots more people. Tom Atkins is Dr. Dan Chalice. Stacy Nelkin is Ellie Grimbridge. Dan O'Harely is, I cannot get this name, Connell Cochran. Connell Cochran. Connell Cochran. I cannot get this. Damn it, John Carpenter, what the fuck? (laughs) Or Tommy, whoever came up with this. Michael Curie as Rafferty. Ralph Strait as Buddy Comfer. Jadine Barber as Betty Comfort, Brad Schachter as Little Buddy, Garn Stevens as Marge Gutman, 
Nancy Keys is Linda Chalice. Jonathan Terry is Starker. Al Berry as Harry Grimbage. Wendy Westberg as Teddy. Essex Smith as Walter Jones. And Maddie Norman as Nurse Agnes. So there you go. All right, so filming facts for ya. From conception to completion, it took visual effects designer John C. Wash between three to four weeks to create the background for the movie's opening title. Wow. He went to USC with Tommy Lee Wallace and John Carpenter and would go on to do work in the movies The Thing from 1982 and Escape from New York in 1981. It makes sense. Yeah, so he's worked with everybody a couple of times. The movie's original director, John Don or sorry, Joe Dante, approached Nigel Neal to write the movie. The producers liked the idea, and after Joe Dante moved on to another project, producer John Carpenter's regular collaborator, Tommy Lee Wallace, came in as the new director. Okay. This is a problem. Not for us, but for Mr. Neal. This is a problem. Neal initially blamed the drastic changes to his script on executive producer Dino De Laurentiis on not understanding his dialogue when it was translated to Italian. So the producer was Italian. Neil requested that his writing screen credit be removed because his comical screenplay was rewritten by an uncredited John Carpenter. Wow. Oh, he's coming in there doing his thing, of course. So he he asked that his writing credit- Because he didn't like what they did to his script. So- John Carpenter came in originally, he's uncredited, and then later Tommy Lee Wallace came in and he received the sole screen credit, as we just said, as the the writer. And he basically came in to make it more gory and to simplify the story. Okay. So Tommy Lee Wallace says, though, in the documentary on the Blu-ray release that 60% of the screenplay they actually filmed is the work of Nigel Neal. So they're saying they kept most of his script. He says that John Carpenter did a rewrite that Carpenter was surprised too that Wallace came in and did additional rewriting himself rather than just accept the draft that he had adapted. <laughs> so John's like, why are you rewriting my script too? What are you doing, dude? Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny that John's just like, what the fuck, Tommy? What the fuck? But yeah, so there's a lot of drama going on with the, the script. Yeah, apparently. And I mean, that guy was super pissed to be like, take my fucking name off of this project. I don't want to be associated with it. I'm sure they gave him a bonus. For a writer. I mean, I'm sure he got paid. Yeah. And yeah. And so, then he's like, I wonder if he had to give back the money. I don't know what happened, but so his his movie was apparently a little more comical, lighthearted, and they were like, nah, we don't want to do that. We want to make it a little more gory, and he didn't like it. So Wow. Yeah, left the project. Wow. All right, killer facts. Body count nine. If you assume that at the end of this movie, Dr. Chalice actually got through right and save the kids okay so there's only nine people that died okay but if he didn't stop the commercial then we would assume a lot more kids died right yeah. because he's on the phone and he's like and they, you have to kill the commercial you have to kill they the commercial. never show us what actually happened so there's two ways to take it however Correct. you interpret it but we're gonna go with nine that we know for sure so Dapper Thug was crushed between cars. Harry Gimbridge, his skull was broken by Thug with bare hands. The gas rinse Thug was being exploded, mm-hmm. car explosion. Starker was decapitated by Dick Warlock. Do you recognize that name? 
What's your name? Dick Warlock. Yeah. The last movie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Dick Warlock Thug was punched through the stomach and his wires were torn out. Marge Gutman had her face blasted open by a sh- silver shamrock button beam. Yes. And they had yeah. to go and retrieve the body. Was, and they're like, oh, what's going on? It was really disgusting. I just want to say when that happened. <laughs> Buddy Comfort Jr., his head turned to mush in a varmint nest. Also, it was super a, This disgusting. one was really gory. And gross. This is what I'm saying. I think that is a standalone movie, if you look at it. It's yeah, for it's, like it's pretty a, good. Yeah. For a standalone mm-hmm. thing, this would have been yeah. really great. And Betty and Buddy, the parents, Betty fainted and was eaten by Varmint. And then Buddy was bitten and also eaten by Varmint from the mass. Yeah. Okay. So Teddy had his drilled in head, his head was drilled in off screen. Cochran's android thugs one through 16 were killed by the silver shamrock button beams. Uh, Cochran was turned into something. I don't know. I think he was disintegrated. He like disintegrated nothing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. He just. He wasn't there anymore. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. So we're, we're exactly say he right. Ellie Grimbridge was turned into an android and then was decapitated with a tire and iron by Dan Chalice. So yeah, fun times. All right. We have been singing the Silver Shamrock song for, a for months now. Long time. <laughs> over and over again. This theme was played in the movie a total of 14 times. Four times at the gas station, once at Linda Chalice's home, once at the hospital, once in the bar, twice on television screens, screens in the shop window, twice on the radio, once in the motel office, once in the test room A, and then once in the final admittance area. So we got 14 times. I don't know who who came up with it, but they knew exactly what they were doing to mm. get it stuck in your head. So mm. you just repeat it, repeat they it, and repeat sure it. Did, which we did leading up to Halloween. Yes, we did. So we would sing the little song. After Daniel shouts, stop it on the phone at the movie's very ending, the screen cuts to black. Yep. As we said, we don't know what happens. And then we see the ending credits. So originally the ending theme wasn't going to be played during the credits. Instead, it was supposed to be the screams of millions of children being murdered. (laughs) Director Tommy Lee Wallace decided not to add this so that the ending would be more ambiguous and there'd be a possibility that they were saved. I think that's better. Uh When lead actor Tom Atkins saw this new ending, he was much more satisfied with the movie in spite of the critical reception and likes to imagine his character struggles weren't in vain or that his, or at least that his own children survived. I just, I was like, oh my God, if this movie ended with all the kids screaming, that's horrible. That would be, it would be kind of funny though. Uh, A funny, yeah, hilarious. Mm -hmm. the deaths of millions of children is super funny. I mean, the fact that they were going to end it like that, that's yeah. that's the humor. Like, why would you do that? Like, it's intense. All the producers, directors, and everybody you have didn't uh, say, oh, there's a problem with that. It's intense. So, so I, I kind of like the fade to black a little bit better. I can think that they survived, but. Reminds me of The Sopranos. Yeah. But now we know originally the kids did not. Right. So take that for what it is. All right. Special effects. The fluid that comes out of the robot's mouths is orange juice concentrate. Okay. A special platform was built for this scene that shows the robot Ellie's head poking out of the ground next to her body. 
The scene was done by having Stacy stick out her head through a hole in the platform while a body double wearing Ellie's clothes stuck her head down another hole in the platform. Okay. Which, I mean, makes sense because obviously she couldn't really right. do that. So, yeah. So I just thought that was fun, you know, fun ways that they film stuff. This movie has quite a bit of horror references. Yeah, it for does. For a Halloween, Halloween-esque movie. movie. Michael Myers does appear briefly in this movie if you will recall on a television advertising the original halloween right at the beginning when yes, he does. dr chalice is at a bar drinking. yes he does michael's in it, Who's in it? Yeah. jamie lee curtis is in this movie as well the voice of the operator that chalice keeps getting when he tries to call out of santa maria is jamie lee curtis and now like once i know that now i can definitely hear it and wasn't she on the loudspeaker too at the town with, um, like the curfew yeah, she produces the voice over the intercom informing Santa Maria residents of the 6 p.m. curfew. So there you go. Got some, some little tie-ins. Right? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. The gas station scene in this movie can also be seen in John Carpenter's The Fog. Of course. Of we, course. John Carpenter just loves to reference his other movies. Apparently. I would too. Yeah. I would too. Dick Warlock, the stuntman who played Michael Myers in Halloween 2. That's why I said, do you remember that name? Yeah. Is credited under assassin in the ending credits. Oh, there you that go. makes more sense. Yes. So he made an appearance in this movie too. The tagline, the night no one comes home, is a play on the original Halloween movie tagline, the night he came home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. When Dr. Chalice is attending to a patient near the movie's beginning, a nurse mentions a Dr. Castle, which is likely a reference to Nick Castle, who played Michael in the first movie, as The Shape. Yep. Yeah, there you go. There's another tie-in. In one of several of the commercials that can be seen for Silver Shamrock, you can see a shop called Landis Department Store, which is a nod for John Landis, a horror director of American of an American werewolf in London. Yes, it is. So they reference him in this movie. The Killer's Mask from Strange Behavior 1981, aka Dead Kids, can be briefly seen hanging next to a silver shamrock logo during the tour of the Mask Factory and Toy Museum. So there you go. Okay, Season of the Witch was the original working title of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets in 1973. And Season of the Witch is also the name of a song by Donovan, which I have brought up to you like a million times. Because yes, I feel like have. a lot of Halloween movies or like horror movies use, use that song. Yeah. So I constantly, yeah, hear they it. They do. And is the name for George A. Romero's movie, Season of the Witch, in 1972. So I guess that's why they couldn't just call it Season of the Witch then. There's already a movie. That makes sense. But then why didn't they just call it something else, like Silver Shamrock? Or or they could have done that, too. something. Because they wanted the Halloween market. That's why. Oh, I don't get it. But I'm saying, like, the Season of the Witch part. Like, why not just change I don't know. Anyway, also, it is the name of Nicolas Cage's movie, Season of the Witch, from 2011. Nicolas Cage had a movie, Season of the Witch? I don't know. I thought you would know that because you like I did, did not know that. Okay, well, oh, there I you go. You should go find it. Have to look that up. I don't know anything about it. A similar version of Cochrane's Humanoids can also be seen in Fright Night from 1985. Nancy Keyes, we said, plays Dr. Chalice's ex-wife and mother of his two children. Keyes 
aka Nancy Loomis, is played by Annie Brack, played Annie Brackett in Halloween and briefly, you know, as a dead body in Halloween too. Okay. So there you go. In Halloween Kills 2021, if you remember, three of Michael Myers' victims are actually wearing silver shamrock masks on a merry-go-round. Yes, they are. Which officially, when we get there, we'll bring it up again, but that means this is officially, in that timeline, this movie is like a canon movie, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. I do like the design of the silver shamrock. I mean, I'd wear the the clothes of it. And the masks. And the masks and everything. Yeah, they're very bright and fun i guess yeah except for the whole killing anything the music playing on the radio when marge gutman notices the tag on the floor was also played in john carpenter's the fog once again john carpenter good job just pulling your own stuff back in here upon his admittance to the hospital dr chalice prescribed the same drug to harry grimbridge as mentioned by dr loomis to nurse chambers for michael myers in the first movie thorazine and this is used to suppress mental mood and psychiatric disorders. It basically just knocks you out. So. It's a real drug. If they think you're crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if they, they think you're just doing too much, they'll use that to knock you out. All right. You ready for some general trivia? Yep. Okay. So John Carpenter didn't plan. I believe we said this in the last episode. John Carpenter didn't plan on having Michael Myers in another Halloween movie. Only the first one. He wanted a different Halloween related story each time. Yes. So the first one was Halloween. So in John Carpenter's mind and in John Carpenter's ideal world, Halloween too would have had nothing to do with Michael Myers. It would have been another story on a Halloween night with some new character, new storyline, new everything. Right. But that was not what happened. He was pushed into doing Halloween too, whatever. That's why we So that is why this is so freaking confusing when you look at it. Right. So after the first Halloween was a success, producers forced him to use Myers again. So he did, but killed him off. As we said, blew him up. He's just like, let's get rid of this fucker. (laughs) (laughs) He killed him off Myers and Loomis to be done with them. And then he produced season of The Witch to get back to his original plan. Yeah. That is why this is called Halloween three, because this is what he wanted to do was every movie would have a Halloween story with a different theme, different killer, different whatever going on. That is what his original plan was. That makes sense. But by the time he got to this movie, people were like, where's Michael Myers? So then they were like, I don't get this movie and it didn't do as well. Right. Carpenter sold the right year, the rights years later because he wasn't interested in doing more Michael Myers movies. And then the new owners brought back Myers and Loomis in 1988. And we've established this too. They didn't really explain what happened. But didn't they bring John Carpenter back as well? John Carpenter always gets producer credit. Right. That's probably in his contract. He doesn't really want much to do with the movies i think the new halloween movies he did he produced it well i think he was more involved in the newer halloween movies because i guess he liked the storyline better i i don't know but and i just realized i did not have the budget information my bad so we're going to look this up on the fly because i forgot to put it in there I'm surprised you didn't ask me about that. 
Well, I thought it was going to be further on the list, so I was. Just... No, I have an order. You haven't picked up on this no, yet. No, no, I do, but I thought you were. You haven't. Were, you haven't noticed this. We're going somewhere else. No, I just apparently forgot to put it in here. All right, so the movie's budget was two point five million dollars. Okay. Okay, so not that's, very much money. No, and that's right, but that's close, right around what Halloween two was. Yeah. Really, its gross was fourteen point four million in the U.S. and Canada. So it got got his money back yeah and it's opening weekend actually made 6.3 million so it oh, did that's good it did make its money back but it was not what they considered a success right hence but why universal dropped it they wanted the halloween market that's why they called it halloween season of the witch mm-hmm. and they wanted john carpenter wanted to get back to his idea original yep. idea of doing something different each movie and this is why it's so confusing exactly because the second one if they had not done halloween 2 and he had just went into this or maybe it would have been something different for the second one it would have been halloween 2 but it would have been a totally different thing and it probably would have been like this this is halloween 3 season of the witch it would have been halloween 2 you know season whatever of the witch or season something. of the witch or some other title right that would have distinguished it as not a michael myers movie right but people wanted michael myers right so sorry john that one was just so fucking confused. I'm assuming he's okay with that. Yeah, we at this point, John Carpenter is fine. But yeah, so there you go. That is what happened with the movie. Now, the song. The song, London Bridge is Falling Down, was chosen as a silver shamrock jingle because it was in public domain. Is that the original thing? London, London Bridge, Bridge is, is falling, falling down, falling down, that makes falling sense. down. Eight more days of Halloween, Halloween. Halloween. Yes, see it? I did not know that. Yeah, same song. I think we will forever just do the Silver Shamrock version of it. But yeah, it's technically London Bridge is Falling Down. That's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. They just gave it new words. Using the original molds, the skull, witch, and jack-o'-lantern mask seen in the movie were mass-produced by Don Post Studios and sold in retail stores to promote the movie's release. Okay. Although I feel like I would be like, I don't know if I want to buy that. I think you can still get them. But no, in my head, watching the disgustingness right. that happens with these masks, I'd be like, I'm good. I'm not going to put that back on my head. I'm it's not okay. putting this anywhere near my face. It's okay. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. Ugh. So the big Halloween three, as we just said, are ceaselessly advertised in the movie. They consist of two altered masks that were already in Don Post Studios' repertoire. So that was the skull and the witch. And then one that was made exclusively for the movie, which would be the jack-o'-lantern. Yep. The company was actually sold to a Pennsylvania-based business called Paper Magic Group, Inc. just before they were planning on re-releasing the mask to the public during 2012. Okay. I'm not sure why, what the significance of 2012 was for re-releasing it. I thought that was interesting why they decided to do it but however the rights were bought by california-based company trick-or-treat studios and replicas of the original have been available to the public since 2014 which is good since then they tied it into the new halloween movies right yeah yeah and i think kevin knows someone that works at trick-or-treat studios kevin in the halloween yeah death walks among us mm-hmm. yeah he was the shape yeah, and he was also in our heart horror movie. Yeah, The Curse. Yes, just FYI. Kevin's, Kevin is a special. He has a lot of, <laughs> he makes his own and has his, a lot of 
he's Jason and Michael Myers, I think are his two main ones, but he has yes. a lot of like horror movie outfits. He's very great to get along with. He's a great actor, mm-hmm. all of that. You yeah. know, I one of the things we're working on is I'm coming out with the design of the silver shamrock design. I'm, are you I'm, putting that together? I'm, yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. start selling shirts, like That's horror fun. shirts. So yeah. that will be up on our website soon. Mm, fun times. All right. It took over 40 takes to get the shot when Tom Atkins throws the skull mask on the security camera. Director Tommy Lee Wallace revealed during the cast 2015 reunion that the scene took longer than he expected because during the shoot, he playfully tossed the mask and it caught on the very first try. <laughs> So he was like, oh, this is easy. And it was, it was not, no. Many of the actors who played Cochran's robot henchmen were found through extras casting. Tommy Lee Wallace originally wanted to cast all redheads as Cochran's flunkies. Okay. I thought that was kind of funny. That's just an see interesting look. Yeah. The movie takes place around Halloween 1982. And the children in the movie are told to wear their masks and watch television at 9 p.m. on Halloween night at which time the chip in the masks will be activated. And then boom. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the movie Halloween from 1978 was broadcast on NBC at 9 p.m. on Sunday, October 31st, 1982. So they would have been saved. Yeah, because it actually was just the original Halloween. Tommy Lee Wallace is the voice of the announcer in the Silver Shamrock commercials and radio spots. Okay. So I thought that was fun. That is pretty cool. Despite the movie ending with ambiguity over whether Dan Chalice saved the children by convincing the company to stop the commercial, the novelization for Halloween 3 Season of the Witch by Dennis Etchinson, I had no idea this was a thing, makes it very clear in describing that Chalice failed. Oh, okay. So he failed. It is described that the endless screams of dying children can be heard throughout the station, town, and land beyond. So there's a second reference to screaming children. Wow. (laughs) This just makes this movie so much more fun. Well, it's supposed to be a standalone movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The robots very rarely blink, at least while on camera. It seems odd that Cochran went to such lengths to make them seem human, like he boasts about this when one sneezes, only to forget something so obvious as to making them blink. So I thought that was creative. So he didn't, he didn't make them blink at all? It, they rarely blink rarely when they're blink. on camera. Mm-hmm. A paper pulp factory was used for the setting of the Silver Shamrock factory. And when Cochran orders one of his humanoids to roll the Silver Shamrock commercial for the Comfort family, while they are being held in test room A, he presses the number 666. Oh my God. Okay. In the Rose of Shannon Motel Registry, Harry Grimbage noted the location of his shop as an address in Sierra Madre. The bar that Ellie finds Chalice in and the shop with the televisions in the window were actually there in real life, as we said. So that's cool. There's another time. Yeah. That's cool. You want some commercials? Yeah. Uh, do you want to sing the song again? We already sang it once. Three more days till Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, like I said, we literally were singing this constantly. Silver Shamrock. That's like the, you got to add that right at the end. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And the commercial announcer during those ads also says, yes, kids, you too can own one of the big Halloween three. That's right three horrific masks to choose from. They're fun, they're frightening, and they glow in the dark. And they glow in the dark? So we can see you as you get eaten alive. 
No way. So much easier. They glow in the dark. Wow. Magic. Magic. So yeah, going off of the fact that John Carpenter was viewing these as like an individual standalone thing in his original plan. So you just are like, okay, Michael Myers is advertising it, but just ignore him. He's not a thing. Right. I think this is a pretty good horror movie. Absolutely. It's very gory, like it's we very said, dark. gruesome. It's got a good storyline, I think, where this evil guy is getting his rocks off and trying to kill these children mm-hmm. with these masks. It's clever yes. to put something in masks and then advertise it so heavily so all the kids want the masks. Right. And everybody has to have that because that's what the kids want. That's what happens, right? We've seen that. Yeah. With like Cabbage Patch dolls, Furbies. I mean, I don't know what the kids are buying these days, but I know when we were growing up, those were yeah big things. Such There were particular toys that everybody wanted. So I could see that happening in real life. I could too. So what's your opinion? I really, I, I like this movie. Yeah. I mean, when you come to grips that it's supposed to be a standalone movie, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's very gory. Some of the Ugh. things with the snakes and everything, I don't like that uh, too I just, much. I don't like any mask stuff. So just when you get past all that, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. Yeah. Ignoring the really gruesome mask things, the robots are good. They're everywhere and creepy. Right. And then how Ellie, you know, figures out that her dad was captured and mm-hmm. sees his car. And then when she gets turned into a robot, I thought that was a good twist. Yes. That he ends up having to kill her because she's a robot now too. This guy just can't catch a break, mm, especially no. during it. He kind of sucks though, because he's like a womanizer. And yeah, I feel bad for his kids, but not really for him. Yeah, just throwing that out there. But yeah, overall, I did like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the designs. I would rock a silver shamrock shirt through the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and the masks are well done. I think yes, in the very movie, much the so. way they look, I think that they did a good job and picked good characters with a skull, a witch, and a. a pumpkin i mean that kind of covers your standard yes especially in the 80s like that just feel like it felt very 80s yes very much with the design so yeah i i think it's a good movie yeah despite what you know the original writer thought and (laughs) whatnot but yeah i i think it's a well done horror movie absolutely Mm -hmm. and that song i feel like everybody it's very catchy everybody knows it because we would post about it and people just knew the i think they knew exactly what they were doing before it actually came out Mm -hmm. it's very catchy and does stay in your head and the commercial the way it blinks with all the the oh yeah oh yes yeah the the blinking bits and all of that it's very catchy and it stays in your brain on top of the words and the song yes mm-hmm. very much so so I do have some trivia all right do you are you ready for this I will I let's hope so this is a little more difficult because people really don't like this movie so they don't make as much like fun trivia quizzes on the internet okay what does Doctor Dan Chalice buy his kids for Halloween masks yep but he comes home to find out guess what his ex-wife already got the silver shamrock mask yes they did so they're like a doctor we we don't care and he's they're like you you work too much so yeah we don't care about your stupid masks we already have the nice ones that are going to kill us so thank you pieces of which famous rock are attached to each halloween mask we said this right at the beginning of today um stonehenge Yes, Stonehenge. Yes, that's it. Super interesting that that's the downfall of everybody. Yes. 
How many different types of masks are sold by the company? Well, we there's just three. There's mm-hmm. the pumpkin one, the witch one, and the skull one. Yep, mm-hmm. just three masks. Yep. So that's the best I could do with the uh, trivia. That was actually pretty good trivia. Yeah. It makes you think like, oh man, what? So yeah, good, good job. Mm-hmm. But I know when we were at Spooky Empire, I definitely saw some references to this movie. Yes. So people do like it. And I feel like maybe as time goes on and people understand a little bit more about why it is the way it is, you know, if you just ignore the Michael Myers aspect, I think they come to appreciate the movie more. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I know when we first were talking about it and I hadn't really, I was just starting to watch the Halloween movies with you. You were like, ah, Halloween three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. We're going to skip it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then we did watch it and I was like, I don't get it. Exactly. What does this have to do with Halloween? And now I'm like, oh, I appreciate the movie a lot more. Right. Knowing that. So I feel like it just was, you know, people not understanding. It was confusing. And well, back then I yeah. saw it. I've seen it. I was just saying it had nothing to do with the Michael Myers character. So why no. subject you to that? No. Yeah. It really has nothing to do with that because it's not supposed to. Right. Yeah. But now I have appreciation for it. Right. I do too. I mean, I like it. I mean, really, this would make a good, I don't think they'll do it because it wasn't well received and maybe universal, but like a a horror night's house, because can you imagine, first of all, having the commercial play. So you got the music in the house and and the the blanking going and then the nasty masks and all that and the robot people and yeah, I think you could put together a house and it would be pretty creepy. Do you think this would compete with the Michael Myers house? I mean, in a way, but they all compete with each other, really. Absolutely. Night, so, yeah, but I, I think I could see it. Yeah. I, I think it would be fun, but we'll see. I don't yeah. know. So anything else you want to say about this movie? No, I think we summed it. it up in a bow. Yeah, so, this is a pretty easy one to go yeah. over. Not as much info because people don't like it, so. Right. But don't add us to that list. We have been converted. Right. We like it. Yeah. You guys let us know what you think yeah. in the comments below. Do you below. like the movie looking at it from this perspective? Or do you still think it's just stupid? Let us know. Yeah. Definitely please like, subscribe, and please comment yeah. and share. It mm-hmm. definitely helps out our channel. Yep. Sorry to give you homework, but it does help us out. Uh, it's not too complicated. You just hit the, the subscribe button once and then you're set. You're all set. Right? Yep. That's not so bad. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into yep. this episode. And next time we will be back to Michael. Yes, we will. He is resurrected. Halloween resurrection. He returns in Halloween 4. Yes, he does. And we... The return of Michael Myers. We go into a whole new storyline. Yes, we do. I don't mind the next movie. But the after that, I'm just like, what? The it's way? the return of Michael Myers next. Wait, which one is that one? That's, Isn't that the one with the little? With the, yeah, with yeah, Jamie. Yeah, so I like the next one, but and the then one it's following the revenge that, of Michael Myers. The one next. following that, I'm not really. We'll into. get into that one. Yeah, but it's the so, return of Michael Myers. Yes, he's, so. been, he's trying to keep all the names straight. You're like, it's which so one obnoxious. is this? But I'm just, I have to keep like the storylines in my head. And then I'm like, okay. Right, exactly. But yeah, so we will be back for Michael Myers comes back from the dead as he does. Yes, he does. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. 
You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week! <laughs>